0: hey everyone welcome to this week's episode of the journey home podcast and for this week i'm actually going to revisit a theme um, or a series that i used to kick off this podcast uh, five months ago which was called things that get in the way Um, i probably will do that from time to time uh, just hop around to different um, different themes Um, but for today i want to give you another installment in that series and and this i think is a really big one one that a lot of people struggle with. I know at different times of my life, I have for sure struggled with this. Um, but the thing that I want to talk about that gets in the way, um, is perfectionism. Okay. And so I know that, you know, there's a little bit of debate about, is, is there such a thing as a pot? Are there, is there a positive version of perfectionism or is there, are there positive aspects to perfectionism? Um, I think some would say yes and others would disagree. Um, for me, I would use a different word if there is a positive version of perfectionism. Um, I would probably choose a different word for that because, in my mind, perfectionism, um, for me at least, it has a negative connotation, and I'm using it today, um, to be sure, in in a negative sense. Okay, um, so when I when I talk about perfectionism, I'm talking about, you know, that striving for perfection or flawlessness. Um, that we can give ourselves to but in a manner that is really ultimately toxic to the soul Um, I think this kind of perfectionism it's characterized by you know having these unrealistic goals or these unattainable ideals Um, I think it's also marked by just being extremely critical either of yourself or of others you know sometimes we're perfectionistic toward ourselves sometimes we we do it to others and sometimes we do it to everyone including ourselves um you know i think we a lot of times we fall into perfectionism because we're extremely conscious of others opinions um and i think some of the I think there's a lot of negative side effects or maybe not, or not, maybe side effects isn't even the best word. I think outcomes of this perfectionism um, just to name a few. I mean, I think it can lead to depression, low self-esteem um, at times, even, you know, suicidal thoughts, you know, because you just can't ever measure up, you know, I think it can lead to all kinds of health problems, mental health problems, relational problems, you know, you just, I think there's just so many negative outcomes that can come from this. And I actually recently uh, saw an article in the news about how um, perfectionism does appear to be on the rise, especially among young people. I think they define that as, you know, age 30 and below. But but really, I mean, I think perfectionism is something that at any age you can struggle with. Um, And especially for Christians, right? Because I think this can get really confusing because, you know, you'll hear verses like, Matthew 4, 4, I'm sorry, Matthew five forty eight, um, where it, Jesus himself says, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. And so if we just, you know, if we don't really understand what he is communicating there, you know, we can hear that. And especially if we hear that through a lens of perfectionism, then I think that can set us off on a very, um, dangerous path, but, um, you know, I don't think that's what Jesus meant, but I'll get into that in just a minute. Um, but, you know, I think our understanding of the old covenant also can shape this because, you know, the basis for our righteousness or for our right standing before God or us to be in a right relationship with God in the Old Testament was to obey um, the law of Moses perfectly. And if I don't know if you've ever read through the law in the Old Testament, but it's pretty substantial. And, um, you know, I think anyone who reads it with, um, you know, any degree of just self-awareness and honesty uh, will admit yeah i i don't measure up i've definitely broken these commandments i have not lived up to this standard and and the good news even in the old covenant times was that god made a provision for our sin right um for our inability to uh perfectly obey that law um so anyway that's that's a whole nother topic for another day but um but my point is, I think, you know, even our understanding of the old covenant can, you know, cause us or lead us to conclude that, you know, perfectionism is the way, you know, is the way that God has set for us. And, you know, we have to strive to be perfect. And, you know, if we don't, then we are, we're out, you know, or we fall short and, and we don't measure up. Right. Um but i I think you know I think a lot there's a lot of misunderstanding there at the same time. I think you know I think truth really is we do process it through our various filters or our various lenses you know um you know, I mentioned that you know i'm this today's episode is' a, is an installment of um Of the series that I started with, which is Things That Get in the Way. And then, if you've been listening to recent episodes, I've been doing a series called Truths to Build Your Life Upon. And I really do think we have to, um, you know, talk about both of those things at the same time. You know, there is truth. You know, I believe Jesus is truth. I believe the Word of God is truth. And so that truth is worth us uh, learning and building our life upon, as I've said. Um, But the reality at the same time is that. You know, as good as that truth is, you know, if we interpret it through our, you know, through our different lenses, in this case, if we interpret that truth, that we should strive to be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect, but we interpret it through a lens of perfectionism, you know, if we have that bent, right, um, then it's going to lead us down a path that I believe Jesus never intended and the scary thing about it is it can sound right to us and we can, you know, justify our actions because we believe that that's what we're supposed to be doing. And at and then at the end of the day, that's not what God had in mind at all, you know. And so, you know, if you hear this call to um to be perfect through that lens, you know, then you might. You know, conclude, oh, then I, I have to I can't make a single mistake in my walk with God, you know, and 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 it it can lead some of us to, you know, to think that our walk with God has to be so uh, precise if that word, you know, makes sense. you know, it, it's like this weird spiritual precision that we think is necessary when I don't actually believe that's what God had in mind. you know, and you know, so I talked about the Old Covenant. I think those of us who, at least, even in a little bit, understand the new covenant, we understand that, you know, Jesus, you know, his his life and his death, his sacrifice on the cross, you know, paid the paid the price for our sin, um, and it, and it ushered in a whole new covenant uh, between mankind and God, right, and where it's no longer based on our performance or our perfect fulfillment of the law of Moses it's that is no longer the standard uh, by which we are accepted by God by which we have a relationship with God and that is good news that is glorious news um, so if that's the case then what do we do with the command to be perfect right and and again if you have a I think a accurate or a mature understanding of the new covenant you know I think an immature understanding means well, the price is paid, and so we can just do whatever we want now because it doesn't matter. Now there is a degree of truth to that, but I don't. Again, as I said, I don't believe that is a complete or a mature understanding of what the new covenant is. Um, in the new covenant, there is still an expectation. There, there, we do still have a goal or a standard to strive toward. The difference, though, is that it's now it's no longer the the basis by which we are accepted by God it's but we get to do it as our response to the grace of God so we don't uh, you know we don't do good works in order to be accepted we do it because we are already accepted out of gratitude out of love for God who has freely accepted us who has freely forgiven us who has given us eternal life and Um, righteousness as a free gift we do everything that we do from that point we do it as a response to that kindness to that goodness Um, and so all that to say I, I you know that call to perfection doesn't get thrown out it just looks different if that makes sense and I believe that God's definition even of perfection is is probably a bit different than ours is if we, you know, if we just try to imagine what is God thinking of when he thinks it's perfection, you know, I, my guess is we would think of things that, uh, you know, that God is not thinking of. Um, and so ultimately to me, the way when I think of new covenant perfection, uh, you know, biblical perfection, I don't think about performance anymore. I don't think about perfectionism what I the way I have learned to understand it is that it's a call to love it's not a call to performance and it's not a call to perfectionism it is a call to love okay so let me just give you some uh, scriptures to support this Um, you know I think many people know it's pretty well known that you know Jesus summarized the law, really, but um, in these in this what we call the first and the second greatest commandments, right? Um, you can find this in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Matthew uh, twenty two thirty seven, Mark twelve thirty, Luke ten twenty seven. You know, it's all similar language, but Jesus, you know, basically boils it down and says the first and greatest commandment is to love God with all our heart, all our soul, our mind, and our strength, and the second commandment is is like it. He says it's to love our neighbor as ourself, and so. He you know, when asked to summarize to boil it down, he brings it all back to love um you know, the apostle Paul in first Corinthians thirteen, the famous chapter an exposition on love that is read at you know every wedding you know um every wedding in the that takes place, you know, but um he boils it down he he unpacks really what love is and he concludes the chapter in verse 13 by saying these this now now these three remain faith hope and love but the greatest of these is love and so he also you know like jesus pushes love to the the forefront right he he centers love um as the ultimate thing you know um the apostle john you know very similarly um, has very similar thoughts the book of First John. I think it really is amazing in unpacking and, and tying together a lot of these ideas that I'm talking about. Um, but in First John chapter 4, verse um, 16 and 17, he says, God is love, and the one who remains in love remains in God, and God remains in him. In this, love is made complete with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. So there's a lot in there, but um, but John is really saying that, you know, number one, he's saying that it's possible for us to have confidence on the day of judgment, right? Um, but how does that happen? And the way he says it happens is because in this world, we've become like him. And how do we know that we've become like God, right? And so if our calling is to be perfect as our heavenly father is perfect, does that mean that we never make a mistake? You know, we never drive, you know, one mile over the speed limit or, you know, we always, you know, follow our Bible reading plan perfectly or we tithe and give the perfect amount of money, you know, now I believe in all those things, but is that the measure, you know, this, like I said, it's like a weird, like spiritual precision, you know, or is it, is the measure of perfection love? I think, you know, based on these verses that I've given you and this one in, in 1 John in particular, you know, he's talking about the love of God and us remaining in that love and that love being made complete in us. And when that happens, that's when we know that we're starting to look like him. We're starting to talk like him. We're st- we are like him and that's what will give us confidence on the day of judgment. And it doesn't even mean that we will have done it perfectly in this life, on this side of eternity. But the more we strive toward that, the more victory we can have, and the more we allow that love to transform us and be made complete in us, we will we can have that confidence on the day of judgment. Um the Apostle Paul in the book of Romans, chapter 13, um, he says this, Do not owe anyone anything except to love one another, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. So right there, I mean, let's think about what he's saying. The one who loves has fulfilled the law. And then he goes on to explain the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet, and any other commandment are summed up by this commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Love, therefore, is the fulfillment of the law. And so you can see all of these um, biblical writers, they all really... Um, Point to love as the ultimate measure, as the ultimate goal, as the ultimate thing, because it really does tie together all the rest of all of what the law commands, all of what, you know, Jesus commanded us, even in the new covenant, you know, it really ties it all together. And so again, just for me, my biblical definition of love is that my thoughts my motives my words and my actions are all motivated by the love of God sorry I think I said that is my definition of love that's my definition of perfection biblical perfection that my thoughts my motives my words and my actions are motivated by his love um, you know and I don't know. I hope that's helpful to you. That has really helped me because again, I think in my younger years, I definitely was driven by perfectionism. And I thought that's what God wanted from me. I thought that's what God expected from me. And so, you know, when I did well, I felt good about myself when I didn't do well, you know, I felt terrible about myself, you know, and, and it was just a vicious cycle, right? Like good days, bad days, you know, and, um, But then at some point, I came to realize, you know, hey, maybe this isn't exactly what God is looking for, or what God has in mind. And, you know, all these verses that I shared with you today, I mean, those were, you know, massively helpful to me in shaping my understanding of what the new covenant is, what it is that God actually expects from us. And again, um, you know, if you're just talking about the basis by which he saves you, accepts you, you know, calls you son or daughter, you know, that is not something that we can earn. It's only through receiving um, the work of Jesus and putting our trust and our faith in it. But at the same time, then from from that point, the walk that we are called to live, um, the good works that we're called to do, you know, and even that call to be perfect, I believe, it's meant to be driven and motivated and compelled by his love. And so really our calling becomes uh, to love God and to love our neighbor, but the only way that that will happen, and the last thought that I want to leave with you is that we have to first receive his love and allow ourselves to be transformed and encountered by that love. And I'm again, I'm not just talking about reading a doctrine or reading a Bible verse about his love. Um, that's a good start. But that love has to work its way deep down into the deepest and even the darkest parts of our hearts and our souls. That love has to encounter our deepest insecurity, right? That love has to encounter our deepest fears. That love has to encounter our deepest shame. And the more that that happens, the more that we're going to be changed. And then the more that we are going to love well, and we are going to love God and love our neighbor um, in the way that he intended. See, if we just try to run out and love in our own strength, I don't know about you, but it doesn't take me long to realize that I don't have that in and of myself. I don't have the ability to love. I don't have patience. I don't have kindness in my own strength. But when I'm allowing his love to wash over me, to encounter me, to fill my heart and my soul and my being, then it's very natural for that love to overflow back to God and and out to others. Um, so again, um, our call is not to perfectionism. It's not to performance, but it's a call to love, a call to receive and to give his love. One of my favorite summaries of the gospel is freely. You have received freely give. I think that just says it all. Um, and so I, again, I hope that this episode has been helpful to you. Um, you know, perfectionism I have found is, is, really a major thing that gets in the way for a lot of people um but if we can understand that you know that's not god's standard that's not god's portion for us and rather that you know his his desire for us is to live a life that is consumed uh and overflowing with his love um, it will it will change everything i promise you so anyway hope this was helpful thank you for listening and we'll see you next time Thanks for joining us for today's podcast. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a rating and review, and we'd be especially honored if you would pass along the podcast or recommend it to a friend. Before we sign off, I just wanted to mention one of the most popular services we offer, which is coaching for individuals and couples. So on this podcast, we're able to share biblical truth, practical wisdom, but we're speaking on in very broad terms. That's just the nature of the medium, right? Uh, But what coaching allows us to do is to get into the specifics of your story or your situation and apply these principles in a more focused way. And while we can't promise that we'll always find a solution or resolution, many times we've found that it's helpful for people just to have someone to listen and process life with. Sometimes that's actually what we need the most. Um, so if that sounds appealing and you're still not quite sure, we even offer a free 30-minute session for new clients. That's a great way to try out coaching with no financial obligation. Um you can find more information about coaching or our other services at our website, thejourneyhome.global. And finally, if you want to connect with us, you can email us, you can connect by social media. All of the links to our accounts are in the show notes below. We truly love hearing from you and we promise we actually will read and respond to your emails or social media interactions. Um, So thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.